Thanks for joining us at the Business Growth Cafe, where each week we select from a menu of topics for a focused discussion with an industry expert to provide insights that can impact your business's growth with your host, Angelo Ponzi. Hi, I'm Angelo Ponzi, your host here at the Business Growth Cafe, and thank you for joining me. You know, I love cartoons. I do. Saturday morning, I would get up and run down, turn on the TV, and sit there all Saturday morning watching cartoon after cartoon after cartoon. I love the animation as it changed and evolved. And now, when you think about animation, it's an everyday of our business lines. Whether you're watching it, whether you're generating it for your own business and putting it out there for your customers to watch. It has become such a strong tool and a way to simply communicate, if you will, really simple issues, but complex issues as well. And the other thing, when I think about animation, I tend to think of cartoons, but the reality is that isn't necessarily it, right? It could be a very complex illustration that shows an engine working, for example, or a battery system or a building being built or all sorts of other things, but it's a powerful, powerful medium to communicate. Well, today on the show, I have one of those guys, Carl Pontu. He is the owner of Squash and Stretch Productions. Now, Carl's been doing animation and, and his company providing the types of services I just described for his customers. And we're going to get into the deep conversation today about using animation to tell your story, talking about storytelling, and how you can capitalize on this type of solution to help do a better job and communicate your business. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with Carl. At Kraft, our team of marketers provide consulting, interim, fractional, and leadership services, focusing on the strategic and analytical side of marketing. And we take a holistic view to drive business growth. We are marketing architects. We use research to gather the necessary insights from your customers, prospects, competition, and the market to develop fact-based approaches to building effective and efficient growth plans. We call them marketing blueprints. Companies work with us when they need to launch, scale, or even pivot their business. By understanding how your company is positioned and perceived in the marketplace, we can help craft your messaging to be more relevant to your customers based on their needs, wants, motivations, and behaviors to ensure your marketing investment is optimized. After all, you wouldn't build a house without a blueprint, so why are you building your business without one? To learn more, visit craftmarketingarchitects.com. As I mentioned, I have Carl Pontu, owner of Squash and Stretch Productions. I can't wait to get into this conversation because I really want to dig into the animation side. Carl, welcome to the Business Growth Cafe. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. You know, this is a really interesting topic. We're talking about animation today, as I, I mentioned in the opening. And But the first thing I want to ask you is, is about animation. Uh, your company name, Squash and Stretch <laughs> Productions, because that's kind of an industry term, right? It's an animation, part of animation, right? Yeah, so it's a, my name, the name of my company is Squash and Stretch Productions, and it's an homage to uh, Walt Disney. And uh, basically when he was forming the company that's now Walt Disney Studios, which is actually his first, or his, his uh, second studio, his first company failed, which I think is a testament to not giving up. Uh, but there wasn't really a best practices for animation that had been established. So if you look at content from around that time, it's pretty bad by today's standards. So he sat down with his animation team and they came up with 12 animation principles. 
that if their work is going to be considered good and complete and done, it'd have these 12 aspects to it. And the first on that list is squash and stretch. So if you ever like take an animation one-on-one class today, uh, the tools have changed a lot, but what you learn day one is still these same 12 principles. So it's an homage to the, the giants whose shoulders everyone else in the industry stands on who figured out all this stuff the first time. Okay. Well, that's very cool. I, I like that. I mean, it's, it really is ties right into what you're doing. So, so my I, keeping my audience in suspense, <laughs> why don't you tell them about yourself and uh, squash and stretch productions? Sure. So uh, I have a, a story about why I started my company that I think it will provide a lot of context for the how and the what that we do. And um, so I can, I can dive right into that. Um, basically, I have, I've been an artist my entire life. I grew up drawing, painting, sculpting, big Legos kid. And I got my passion for storytelling from my dad. He's a really good storyteller. And I knew I wanted to study animation when I saw the first Toy Story film. I was like, ooh, that I got to do that. That's so cool. And then beginning of 2002, I started to feel like something wasn't quite right with me physically. I'd been a competitive swimmer my whole life, so I knew what I was supposed to feel like. And it wasn't like, oh, my shoulder kind of hurts. It's like a general blah feeling. Mm -hmm. But by August, they still hadn't figured out what was wrong with me. And I had lost 50 pounds and had sunken cheeks and eyes. I was really pale. Started to get really bad headaches. So my parents took me for an, an MRI up in Walnut Creek. And we were waiting around for another appointment when my pediatrician called and said he's going to drive up from Pleasanton to come talk with us. And we saw him walking up with this big envelope in his hands. He could tell he'd been crying. And he brought us into a little side meeting room. And I remember I was sitting knee to knee with him in this big U-shaped chair with a really high armrest kind of leaning forward towards him. And he pulled out the results of the MRI and showed me I had two brain tumors. Holy crap. And it felt like I got punched in the chest. I actually moved backwards in my chair. And for the next two weeks, everything sounded like the adults from Peanuts. It's going to wah, 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 because I've never had the flu, never broken any major bones, never been stung by a bee. I'm pretty sure I've never been bitten by a mosquito. Mm -hmm. So to get brain tumor diagnosis at 15 years old was a complete sucker punch out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, wow. But I got so much help from friends and family. And my high school adjusted my schedule and got me a tutor so I could still graduate on time. And People I barely knew were giving food and gifts and other supports. It really inspired me to want to give back and help as many people as I could because I'd probably be dead if it wasn't for all the help that I got. And then in undergraduate schools, I was studying animation. There was a big student digital art and design competition I participated in with a big screening at the end of like a thousand people in this big auditorium, only maybe 10 people in the room. But when everyone laughed at the joke of my animation, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so cool. I can connect with people and have a bigger impact with animation and storytelling. So after grad school, I started my company and we tell exceptional stories for exceptional people and brands, helping uh, tech, biotech, healthcare, and professional services companies explain complex concepts clearly and uh, efficiently using animation and helping them attract more clients or employees and increase the brand value online and really help accelerate the production and development of new treatments and procedures and solutions for big problems facing the world like cancer and leukemia, Alzheimer's, renewable energy, climate change, just helping people communicate clearly in a way to, uh, that makes it uh, people understand the value of what they're doing in a like two minute animation max is, and it's super helpful. And it's just a way for it to help more people improve the quality of life. And that's why I do what I do. Okay. Well, I, that, that's an interesting, I, I never, I didn't know that story. That's incredible. Um, and, and my hat's off to you. Obviously you're, you. you're still here. And so you recovered and have fought through it and are doing well. 
Thanks, yeah. And there's actually an animated version of that story on my on the homepage of my website too. So if you want to see the animated version, you can I'll have to watch check that. that but out. It, yeah, so it's a. Uh, I mean, animation is a amazingly powerful tool for storytelling and, and clarifying concepts that are especially hard to film. Um, so if you're working with stuff like trying to explain a some like a, a data storage, like like a cryptocurrency sort of stuff, or if you're trying to explain something that's going on inside the body where it's hard to get cameras in there. And even if you could, you probably really want, wouldn't want to see what it's showing you. Animation is perfect for that because you can show um, like graphics represent abstract concepts or, or ideas that uh, make it easy for people to understand what you're talking about and just um, increases the speed of comprehension and just the way with the way the brain works with anchoring stories and information and, and ideas. It's a really powerful tool that can help people um, automate their explanation process and really explain the value of what they do. Right. So when we're talking animation, though, so I, I hear animation and I'll, I start thinking cartoons. Yeah, but we're really not talking cart. Well, some are cartoons, right? But we're it could be animating. Uh, to your point, uh, a, a digital process. It could be animating something yeah. in medical or or the building of a very sophisticated drawing of an engine or something like that. That's animation as well as I'll call it. You know, the cartoon characters walking around, right? So there's yeah. kind of a yin and yang on that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, animation is a, a big umbrella term that includes all sorts of uh, kind of digital and, and hand-drawn graphics that are basically a series of images moving or like rapidly flashing by your eye to create a, the illusion of motion. And so it can include stuff like cartoons and, and movies and like Pixar animations and stuff like you, but most people think of because that's the entertainment side. But there's mm -hmm. also things that can be used to like explain a process or explain a product features and benefits and results, or it could be something that explains uh, like a medical uh, trial procedure or um, a legal like uh, precedent or some way of it just um, using graphics anyway with, with over a, a video format to um, tell a story is basically anything that could be, like that could be considered animation. So it's an amazingly versatile uh, tool and, and the graphics can basically be altered and, and uh, tweaked to fit whatever the brand is that the, of the company that's trying to create it and uh, make sure it appeals to whoever audience they're uh, ideally want to have a watch it and um, what their budget and time frame concerns are as well. So it's really, really uh, flexible and, and uh, adaptable tool, which makes it so powerful because there's, right. as long as you have the time and the budget and know what you're doing, you pretty much can create, can create anything in animation. Mm -hmm. and, and I would assume too, when you're, you're talking to a potential client, I mean, you're, you're exploring and showing them examples of yep. what the different types is, right? Cause, because, uh, you know, an animated character, um, has a different, different field than, than some other kind of animation. And partially I would imagine it's based on the business problem, based on the industry itself, the sophistication oh, yeah. of the audience that's going to help di dictate a lot of that. Um, so after the one question I have to follow up on, um, what's your favorite Toy Story one, two, three, or four? <laughs> um, I mean, nostalgia is a a thing. So I mean, I think like the the like the first one is still like definitely has like some nostalgia points. But I think the when it comes to the, like a really powerful story, like right in the field sort of moments. I think three has some really great ones. The, like the dump, like 
incinerator scene, which is like, holy crap, are they actually going to kill all these characters? Because it's like the third in the trilogy thing. So you're like, mm-hmm. um, and then, but that also is like the Andy giving away the toys at the end, which is like, I'm not crying or crying sort of moments. <laughs> um, so, uh, I mean, w- w- one of the reasons they started with Toy Story is like the first feature length Pixar film is because at that point they couldn't do the skin shaders well enough because there's something in the, our skins uh, uh, let some light through that bounces off the lower layers and back out. It's called subsurface scattering and the technology hadn't been developed yet. So all the characters look a little plasticky in Toy Story one, cause they couldn't actually get that scripting right. Mm-hmm. Which is why they went with toys. Cause they could look, make things look plastic, but they couldn't make it look like real skin yet. So by you see more and more humans in the later Toy Story films than you did in the first one, because they can actually show the skin properly. So it's, I think, of all the all of them, probably three is my favorite, just because it has that, the gravitas. But it, I, the, from the, the animate, when I look at any animated film, I'm always like, oh, I, that must have taken a long time to, to create. Or like, I, I, I figure out thinking of how they made that sort of effects. So like, I kind of, I watch it once for like the story. Then I go back and watch it for all like the the technical side of things. It's like, oh, that's cool. I want to. Hey, you're the like, guy that you guy that runs the movies because you're pointing out all this stuff. So <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't point it out to people. I, I'm good at re, uh, refraining from distracting people from the story when it, but there's some like if it's like watching at home with the family or, or talking it afterward about it afterwards like oh you know that you remember that seeing that thing about two-thirds of the way through and yeah, that was that took forever like i remember hearing like, the first cars film um the opening scene from that the opening race scene from that uh because all like the dust and the characters and reflections and the lights and motion and stuff like that one frame of that sequence which is Usually, like a thirtieth of a second took seven days to render. That's crazy, <laughs> it, 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 and and I think that's an important an important point. Right? We're just you know talking animation. The, in in those kind of movies, those aren't created in you know a few weeks or a month. Those no, are, they take like four take years. Four years, a long time. So when you're seeing you know Toy Story four, it started you know four years earlier, kind of thing. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think a... that's and that's about the quality, right? I mean, you know, these days there there's tools and inexpensive things that you can buy i mean i you know we could go online and you could find a you know 49.95 uh, animation software yeah. it's going to be crap yeah but, uh, right and 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 that's i think people get confused about you know these kinds of tools um i got sucked into a um uh, an ebook designer and it literally was like 69.95 for a lifetime I was, this is great i'm doing ebooks I spent more time trying to figure it, not only figure it out, but to actually make it look good to the point where like that was 70 <laughs> bucks down the drain. I should have just hired somebody and they probably could have got the whole thing done for 150 bucks. But yeah, uh, it, it, there's, there's so many tools out there that people are like services that offer you to make an animation for like 200 bucks or like 500 bucks. And it's, you're basically might as well take the bills out and burn them because the, the quality is so poor. And not usually the story is terrible because they just kind of, take whatever script you set, you send them and, and record the voiceover and put it out. And they use a lot of templated graphics. And these days with how much content is out there, I think the last uh, stat I heard was that there's 700 hours of content uploaded to YouTube every minute now. So you need something that's going to be high quality and unmistakable as yours and to really stand out and have a great story to it. And so it takes a decent investment um, to create something like that. And they usually like, for production time, because you mentioned it for like the films, even like a two minute animation or like a one to two minute animation uh, in 2D can take like eight to 10 weeks to cr- do properly. 
So it's not something you can kind of, there's no push button receive animation that's worth having um, these days. And it's, uh, especially if you're trying to tell the right story, it really, it's worth the time and the effort and to get the, the right people to create a content that's actually get you the results you want. Because really, when people invest in animation, they're not investing because it's an animation itself. It's because it tells a story. And it's not even really because it tells the story. It's because the results the story generates. So if people are thinking, well, should I invest in animation? Should I do something quick and cheap or do I want to get something that's higher quality? It's not the thing itself you're getting. It's the results. And if you, if the results are worth investing in, like if it's some animation that can make you like 20 times what you invest into it, it's worth investing a little more to get a much higher return than kind of throwing your money in a, in a, on a fire because you just kind of pay for something cheap. That's not going to get you the results you want. Well, and I think it's, you know, and, and it's also part of an integrated strategy at, you know, yeah. a, you know, in my opinion, and then, you know, one animation is not going to change your marketing and your messaging. It's a combination of a lots of different things. And, it, and, and, to, and you made a point and I think it's a good one. It's about what helps you differentiate yourself and stand out. It, oh yeah. It, it, you know, so it's our websites. It's the, you know, the content we put out. Those are the things that, you know, I blog, somebody else blogs, but you know, I'm hoping my blogs are better. You know, someone does an animation, right? So you're looking at what is the content, what's the quality, what's the value. And to your point, and we're going to talk about this in a second, because is about what's the story and are you are are you telling the right story to yep. the right audience at the right time? And you do storytelling and, and I do storytelling as well. And, and so that becomes how do you craft not only from a, a, a the words standpoint of telling that story making it emotional, uh, you know, taking from fact to emotion and making a connection. And then also in your situation, taking it to a visualization to make sure those words are being delivered visually and, and really pulling people into that. They walk away understanding whatever the purpose was of the, of the content or the video. Yeah. I mean, the, it's, a process that is really, um, important and like a key foundation of any sort of um, marketing, whether it's an animation or, or just like a blog post or website copy. And my, my process is always about starting with kind of the, who your audience is and what the, the call to action, what you want them, what you want them to do, what's the result you're trying to generate. And then it, it always comes to starting with empathy for your audience and what, how are they feeling? What are they, um, what's their situation? What, what's their uh, view on what you're offering and um, and what results do they want? And basically crafting your message to be super, super focused on them and showing that you understand and can relate to their situation and you um, understand what they're going through. And um, by starting with that foundation, you build that trust and get people's attention because you're not just talking about yourself or just trying to push a product on someone you uh, hopefully are genuinely actually caring about your audience and, and your, if it's whether it's like potential clients, you're really trying to solve that problem for them. And so by starting with that empathetic foundation, um, you get their attention and that you build that trust and you can basically then, then introduce your solution to the problem that you've uh, identified and related to and explain how not just the features and benefits of, of your product or service, but the results that, that the client's going to get. Mm-hmm. And then, um, then you need to ask, actually ask them to or invite them to take the first step. And a lot of companies make the mistake of making it way too complicated for people to buy from them. They, 
make people fill a lot of forms or like go to like do about too many clicks and today with today's consumer and how easy uh like amazon and other like the big like tech companies have made it for people to buy stuff if your company is has any extra like kind of hoops or steps in their buying process um then that's absolutely necessary it's going to be really hard for you to um compete because people are expect like one click checkout and free shipping and all the and kind of immediate uh reactions so if you're going to create that story like that can connects with people on a deep emotional level and show you understand them provide a solution that and your message talks about the results they're going to how it's going to transform their lives and help them be uh better than they were before and then make it really easy for people to say yes and get started and that sort of story framework can be adapted to a whole bunch of different situations um but you'd be surprised with how many companies just uh kind of stumble and and, and misstep when it comes to formatting their messaging and then they wonder why people aren't buying right well i i certainly do that and that's why you're in business and i'm in business because <laughs> people do um yeah. let me let me backtrack a little bit so you were in graduate school in animation you got a, a laugh uh from your video. Yeah. and then then you started a company i mean it did it, it was this this is your first company and is it right out of school oh uh, when i was i was i was trying to do like animation kind of like either tv or feature film animation for a while and i, I kind of I one thing I wish I had learned in grad school was basically how to like network and find work and and kind of market myself because they basically they teach you how to animate and do certain things but they don't teach you really how to build the connections in mm-hmm. in the industry and and uh, especially if like if you're doing like feature film or like, advertising or or TV animation it's all about your network for especially getting in the front in the door um and who knows you and um and so it's something that I didn't really have and and so I started doing it and then I, as I did, did more of trying to like I got a at a gig at a company called GuideSpark that makes uh corporate animation um they're ba- at least they were in uh Redwood not yeah Redwood City I think um but uh they might have moved but they're uh it was a great gig but I kind of realized that I liked the um kind of educational side of animation and teaching because I, I for a while worked at uh, Expressions College in Emeryville. Um, and so I, cause I like teaching, I like helping people and I, I enjoy animation. So the I realized instead of trying to get into like, an, like animation, like the entertainment side, I realized that uh, more of the business side and combining kind of the educational side of things with the storytelling and the, and the, and the tool of animation was something where I could do more good than just entertaining people. Sure. I think there's like, there's just a lot of need for people to try and explain the really complicated cutting edge ideas that could have a huge impact on people's lives. But uh, like a lot of engineers speak engineer, they don't really speak English or like they, they speak yeah. like, or like legalese or like they speak insurance agent. Really, and so people have trouble communicating what seems natural to them. But then the person they're talking to is like, what are you talking about? What is it? And so helping kind of bridge that gap is something that, uh, I'm really good at and animation is a good at. So I realized that was kind of a, the sweet spot for career paths for me and hence squash and stretch was born, but. Okay. What, and you, you might've already said it, but I'm going to ask a question again. Mm-hmm. What has been 
kind of in growing your business? What's been your biggest challenge? That's a great question. I mean, there's so many because uh, no one starts a business to do like 99% of all the business side of things that they have to do with a business, like all the admin and backend and all the, and so it's, um, that a lot of that stuff is some stuff that I, I struggled with and was, I got a lot of help from people to kind of figure out all the bookkeeping and organizational stuff. So that's, that's been a big challenge. I think, um, sales and, and, uh, that side of stuff is really challenging just, because there's a lot of, uh, at least personally for me, like I had a lot bigger issues with like rejection or kind of fear of rejection in the past. I've gotten over that a lot now since, but it took a lot of like personal growth and development to kind of to callous up that, uh, not really callous up, but just kind of not let it hit or like not sure. let it stick to me. It's, right not, it's, no take, one it's like, not personal. Not personal. Yeah. Yeah, so I had to learn that it's not personal. I mean, it's hard to narrow down just kind of one challenge, but those are kind of the ones that popped into my head. But it's, well, the thing that helps me get through those is I love to learn and grow and improve myself. So that's one thing I really like about entrepreneurship is that there's always somewhere, something new to learn and, and room to grow and improve. There's really no uh, ceiling mm -hmm. to what you can achieve and, and how you can grow as, as an individual. And so um, I've definitely embraced the idea that the setbacks or several challenges are, are learning experiences. And I think um, I've been very fortunate to have a great support network uh, of like, and, and like uh, the community and, and family and friends who've helped me through it. Cause it's definitely not something you can get through all by your lonesome. Um, but it's, I think, yeah, probably like the, the business side of things and especially like the sales side is, is definitely mm -hmm. been a, a lot of uh, growing experiences there for me. How much pre-planning did you do before you launched? And, and I asked that because um, I've had several, I've had several businesses. I've had a lot of businesses, frankly, that I call them uh, litter on the side of the road or dead bodies because <laughs> they, they just didn't go anywhere. And, and to your point, every one of them was a learning experience. Mm -hmm. My very first one, actually, I was 23. I was working at an advertising agency and we were doing a lot of television production and that was a really cool. passion of mine. And so I started becoming really good friends with um, uh, the production people. And then and when I was around 23, they convinced me we could start a film production company and <laughs> take Hollywood to Orange County, California, and, you know, make a gazillion dollars. And hell, what did I know? They sounded good. <laughs> They've been in the industry a long time. And we did. We launched a company called The Film Cannery. And for those of in film, the film in the can, right? So Film Cannery. Uh -huh thought it was a brilliant name and uh we got our first job like within the first two weeks it was great commercial for a, a business to business company actually and then we had this brilliant idea i didn't they did that we would bring you know we would shuttle actors down to orange county and there was a studio down here and it you know it just failed miserably all our work was in los angeles we ended up becoming part of a syndicated company and long story short in and out from day we started to the day it ended almost eight months huh. and it, and it, but it was a, a learning experience. And I think what that taught me, because seven years later, I did it again. And <laughs> that one uh, was a consulting firm, which grew into a full service advertising agency, which I actually sold 13 years later. Oh, cool. But 
But that one, I went into plan. I, I planned, right? I, I said, okay, where did I make mistakes? Well, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. To your point, when my partners in the film company started to kind of waver and, you know, they were not really paying attention to the business, they were like, well, you go out and you find business. And when you find it, give us a call, we'll do the work. And here I'm going, I, I, I don't know how to find any business. I, I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know people. I don't know how to network. I don't know anybody in Hollywood. And, and that was a real eye opener. And to your point, it, you know, we, we have a passion for something, but if we don't understand all the other pieces and what it takes, it, it, it's an eye opener. And, and so, you know, for you, when, when you were thinking about, and you decided I want to do this, was it like, I want to do this. And on a Sunday night and on a Monday, you hung up your shingle or did you plan it out for a while? And just not what you didn't know, you didn't know, but did it just happen overnight or did you do some pre-planning? I definitely did some pre-planning. I, I, I was, um, I, I was kind of, I did, I did some exercises in a, in a, one of the books I did an exercise in was called uh, what colors your parachute. Mm-hmm. Another one was, I, I can't remember. It was like, it was like play to your strengths or something about strengths and kind of did some self-assessment to kind of see what I'd be good at. And then kind of some of the things, one of the things the book suggested are kind of like the strengths and like my, um, my preferences kind of leaned towards like entrepreneurship and with animation and, and storytelling. So um, I put together a business plan, but obviously like the first business plan you make is not really worth the, 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 <laughs> the photon or like the, the pixels <laughs> or like oh, that show up on the screen or the, the ones and zeros that hold it on the, on the memory uh, card on your, on your phone or, or on the, the computer. So it was like, I had made a plan. And then, uh, I, and it was, I'm, I'm, it's, if I can find it, I probably would have my eyes roll out of my head if I tried to read it. Um, but I, and like, I kind of went out into the world and started networking and trying to like, and I, I but I've, I've made two things that I think I've done or I, something I've done right, um, has been worked with coaches a number of times. I've worked with a amazing, uh, networking, uh, relationship networking coach. Uh, her name's Miley Colmer. Um, she's been a huge help for me. She kind of helped me ha- learn how to build a, a network and uh, like give referrals and, and kind of that sort of stuff. And helped me. Mm-hmm. A lot of her, her program helped me with, more with like the business plan and really like the mission and vision and that sort of those sort of statements, how to do that properly. And then um, and more lately, like in the last year, I've been working with Leo Manzione on how to grow my business and uh, and really. Uh, take it to the next level and it's all that kind of the, the bottlenecks that exist with kind of bringing in deals and everything. So I think those, uh, the one, definitely a huge uh, suggestion or, or uh, tip I have for anyone who's thinking of starting their own company or has already started a company and isn't sure if they're doing things properly is find a mentor or a coach who can help you guide you along the way. Cause there's so much, so much you have no idea. You don't know you need know need to know need help and and figuring out because there's just you'll save so much uh, hassle and time and um so I, I've been very fortunate to work with uh, those coaches and I'm still I'm still working with Leo um but uh it's it's uh there's just way more to it than I can ever have imagined and so the, it's one of the things that one thing I've learned since then is that if you're thinking about it 
you can't, you're not going to wait. You can't wait till you're ready. Cause you're never going to be ready. Cause you have no idea what it, like it actually takes to do it till you are like halfway through it or like halfway into like the process and you realize, Oh my gosh, this is way more than I expected. Or it's, it's way bigger. or It's way different than I expected. But if you wait till you're ready, you're never going to do it. So for people that are thinking about starting a company or, or like entertaining the idea, get, get just like some planning, but just don't over plan it. Just start doing something and, the, a lot of the the, um, the fun is to grow and expand and learn as you go and adapt your plans as they hit the battlefield, so to speak, and really um, gonna see where it takes you. Because I definitely my what I'm doing now is and like the way I'm what I'm offering people and, and the focus of my business with the animation, but like the, the aspect, the emphasis on storytelling and doing the story coaching and the sort of um, the models I'm working with right now are, I had no idea what I, what I like, that was not anything in my mind when I first started off, like, and hey, I opened my own company. It just wasn't even like close to what I was thinking about then. But now when I, when I look back, of course, hindsight being 2020, I'm like, okay, it totally makes sense. And I wish I had thought of this sooner, but of course you don't, that's just not how reality mm-hmm. works most of the time. So. Yeah. 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 Well, that, that's great advice. I mean, it's, you can't you can't wait. I remember when I was planning for my consulting job, I I so I was in the advertising business and and I was trying to buy the agency I was working for and and I started getting suspicious that the guy was cutting the deal with a, with another group out of Northern California who was also part of the company. So I started thinking to myself, you know what? I wonder if I could do what I do for for my competitors. So I actually went out and I started talking to a lot of the people I competed with over the years and said, you know, what if you could get a resource like me to do your strategic planning and your research? And so, oh, man, I'd hire you in a minute kind of thing. So long story short, I decided to leave that company and, and start a consulting firm. Everybody I talked to never hired me, <laughs> but it took me about 45 days to get the land the first one. And then, you know, then the second one and it, but I had the idea and the plan and how to approach it and what the services were. But, you know, five years later, the way I started off was nothing like, you know, I evolved today. Even, even this company that I have today, you know, when I started it in 2014, is very different in 2014 than what we do today. Different emphasis, different services. Um, and you, 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 you adapt and you, and you made it. You, you said it. You pivot, you adapt to the environment, to your customer base and what you're doing and technology changes, everything changes. They could have a drastic impact. How we just, or I would say we got through, but we're still in it, a pandemic. Yeah. And, you know, a year ago was a very different conversation than we're having right now. And, and two years ago was even worse, right? So yeah. um, anyone who thinks they can fix, they're going to start a business, they're going to do this and it's going to do that for the next 50 or the like next, like even two or three years, like 10 years, it's like, it's completely unrealistic how with how fast things are changing if you're not able to pivot and adapt and be able to keep your eyes up and, and seeing opportunities as they come across um, your field of vision and be able to capitalize on them or like uh, uh, go after them, then you're going to just be left in the dust. I mean, I, th- I think it's a Richard Branson quote where it's, uh, someone asked him like if he thought he was lucky and he said he basically was, he's no luckier than any other, anyone else, but he basically was able to actually act on the opportunities that came his way when he, when they were in front of him. And a lot of people 
have a ton of opportunities all around them, but they're usually like kind of have their heads down, like mired in their own situation. Not really, not really aware or primed to take advantage of opportunities as they come across your, uh, in, in arm's reach, so to speak. And so, um, the, the, one of the things I've learned a lot since, uh, starting the company is just to, and actually I learned this, um, from the whole brain tumor experience was, um, not getting mired down in kind of the, the stress or the negativity of, of what's going on in your situation and keep looking for opportunities and moving forward. And, um, even though the, like the situation might be awful, there still could be a ton of silver linings and opportunities in the disruption that wouldn't have happened otherwise. And I think the pandemic has been a great example of that where there's been so many huge opportunities for innovation and change and, and improving systems and situations. And um, so the people who are really coming out of this on top are, are ones that are been able to adapt quickly and, and see opportunities and take advantage of them. And the people that are, trying to rush back to the way things were are, are going to are finding that there's, there's nothing there. Or uh, if they are finding something, they're, they're going to be left in the dust pretty soon is because things are moving even faster than they were before. Right. I heard a stat recently that since 1960 technology has advanced over a trillion times in the last like 80 years or so, a trillion times technology has advanced in 80 years. Yeah, there was a quote, um, I think it was last year, um, a CEO of Microsoft said that, well, talking about digital transformation, so yeah. from a digital standpoint, that digital transformation has progressed, hell, I can't remember, now I can't remember the quote, but it was like, it progressed, you know, ten years. three years and 10 years and three months kind of thing, Yeah. right? So very rapidly into your point, I mean, a, a simple techno technological change can advance things. I mean, you know, how long ago that people were still, you know, doing illustrations and drawings and now they do them on computers and now yeah. Yeah, we can do them on our phones. I mean, it's just life has changed so much that that we have to, uh, you know, frankly, adapt or die and innovate. Otherwise, um, you're not changing with the environment. So um, we've got a few more questions. Sure. What do, you, what do you what do you find most rewarding about what you do? It's a great question. Uh, what, what really I love seeing is what was most rewarding is when I, when I create something for a client or I help a client uh, with like their story. And then uh, they next time we chat or I hear back from them saying, Oh my gosh, they have like the result of the work we've done together. And it's like, I recently finished an animation for this uh, photography uh, and videographer, like down in, in LA and he had put the, the animation on his website and um, like, like a couple days after I had basically submitted the final version to him, uh, we were in a meeting together and he said, oh, hey, just, you know, I got like two new leads from the animation that we, we made. And it was like less than like 24 hours after we, he posted, you're already starting to see some like leads come in from it. So like, that sort of was like warm fuzzies for me the rest of the day, knowing that he invested in this tool and he's using it properly and it's already getting him results. That's awesome. Or, or talking with a, a coaching client of mine who's um, like, he, he's a outsourced VP of sales. And so helping him with his like his differentiation stories and, and why he does what he does and work on some presentations and just talking to him, explaining how he's now mentoring for this uh, um, uh, tech accelerator and how he's, he's, he's 
able to explain the value of what he does and differentiate himself clearer to people. And as he just feels more confident when he's explaining what he does for people and that sort of feedback and as knowing that it's um, going to help him and help his family and help his connections because he's um, able to communicate better is, is that's the real rewarding stuff is to help see people enjoying the results of my work. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fantastic. Well, you know, it, helping people, really um, get their message across their story across yep. and 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 it's like anything you know is is we as entrepreneurs have a tendency and I use the broad we not you and I we but the broad <laughs> yeah. we that we fall in love with our products or our services right we think it's the greatest thing on sliced bread but <laughs> the reality is good. yeah well it is good <laughs> but I'm you know I'm Italian I love to still rip the the bread the oh, loaf okay. I like cool. the, especially warm bread oh my god Let's, oh yeah don't get me sidetracked. Um, <laughs> but but it's it, and I lost my train of thought. It got me thinking about nice hot Italian bread. Oh man, sorry, With some sorry. nice cheese and some salami. Hey, man, man, you really yeah. like your product. I think it's a bit nice thing since sliced bread. But oh my god, yeah. But we fall in love with it, right? And yeah. And so what I do a lot of times when I work with clients, it's like you know what? I see your story, but I don't really care because you're not telling me what you're doing for me. Yep. You're just telling me all the great stuff that you have. And I think that that's probably one of the biggest challenges that, that I see is getting companies to understand that they're too company centric or product centric oh, or yeah. customer centric. Right. And that starts to change how you communicate and understanding the relevancy. And, you know, for me and my services, that's where research comes in and really understanding the c- customer's point of view that we can, we can leverage yep. that. I just finished a um, uh, surveys with a, my clients customers and and we were able to identify the goal was three to five attributes i found like six that very distinctly differentiate them and gives them a strong advantage but prior to that you know they were selling look we got this great product and it's wonderful (laughs) and it's an industry standard but but who cares you know, products can be replaced. And so, you know, we're really digging into the nuances and how to reposition and communicate. So anyway, um, this has been great. Uh, I, I love the conversation. Um, you know, I'm a fan as I, now, you know, I started a film company at one point in time <laughs> in my life. Um, we did do some fun things, but certainly not as much. I think the worst is we ended up in, in which we didn't want to is we became uh, the production company for a syndicator out of Los Angeles. And I spent, you know, days and days and days shooting bank commercials and then, Ugh. you know, tagging different, you know, now say the bank of, now say the bank of, you know, and just creating these one-offs that uh, are these syndicated pieces that people could plug in different names and different logos and send them around to di- local markets around the country at the time. Um, so I did not get to achieve what I was after, but uh, uh, it was fun for the short period of time. I actually had scripts. I started writing with another guy and we ended up, we had some scripts at NBC and mm-hmm. got down to the final rounds on a couple, a couple of comedies. And I was, I was bummed. Um, you know, I thought maybe that's my path. No, or here's my path. <laughs> uh, okay. Maybe I just should stay in marketing and, and for and research and forget about the other stuff. Carl, this has been great. I, I appreciate the insights. I appreciate, I appreciate your story. I had no idea. And, and it's an testament to you to kind of continue to move and, and recover and, and start a business and you know i get to see you a lot we're in a a similar 
yeah. networking group. So I probably see you online a couple times a week. So, <laughs> um, so I do, I, I, I appreciate everything that you're doing and, and certainly the, the evolution of your own business and, and the challenges as we as small entrepreneurs go through, um, you know, I didn't know how to do accounting. I learned pretty yeah. quick. At least I hired an accountant the first time I, I did it years ago. And now at least I know how to put stuff in and send, you know, invoices out and do all that kind of wonderful yep. stuff. So, <laughs> so wh- why don't we tell the audience uh, how they could reach you with your website, those connections, all that good stuff. Sure. So the, my website is uh, www.squashandstretch.net. And you can go uh, check us out there. And if you uh, all, I'm also on, on LinkedIn at the, Carl Ponto, K-A-R-L-P-O-N-T-A-U on LinkedIn. Happy to connect on there. And um, yeah, it's a, uh, I'll put, I'll give you a link and you can put in like the show notes for people if they want to schedule like a little consultation thing and they get us some special offers that way if they sign up using the link. Happy to do that. We love special links. We love Woo-hoo! special offers for the guests. Um, and uh, and for those of you out there that want to be actors and be cartoon actors uh, like Carl, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and uh, I'll see you around and talk to you soon. Thank you. Carl, thank you again for joining me here at the Business Growth Cafe. Very interesting conversation. Uh, You and I have have met um, actually online. We've never met in person, but online we belong to a similar organization. And I've certainly heard you talk about your services and, and has seen some examples. And so this was a great deep dive and better understanding the products and services that you do offer. I'm a firm believer in storytelling. Anybody who's listened to the show has heard me talk about storytelling. I've actually got uh, some very specific podcasts on storytelling a little back uh, a few years ago. I have an ebook on my website about storytelling. So I'm a firm believer in figuring out ways to communicate and be relevant to the market that you're talking to, the customers that you're talking to. So I really appreciate your time. And for you listeners out there, check the show notes. Carl's made a nice offer for all of you. And so you can find that in the show notes as we go forward. So please feel uh, to reach out to Carl. They have some questions about developing a video or an animation for yourself. Um, I'm sure he'd be happy to answer your questions. And for you listeners out there, if you're a regular listener, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming back week after week. I'm sure if you are, you're finding value in the conversations that we do have. And if you're new to the show, good one to join in on. I've got a lot more. We're in our fourth year of the Business Growth Cafe. So there's a lot of conversations and topics. I know there's something relevant in there for you to listen to. So please do some exploring and also sign up so you make sure you receive uh, notices when a new show is published. You can sign up on any major podcast platform you like to listen to. And join me here, please, next week at the Business Growth Cafe. Thank you for listening to today's discussion at the Business Growth Cafe with your host, Angelo Ponzi. Take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and visit our website at www.businessgrowthcafe.com. Read Angelo Ponzi's blogs at www.theponzigroup.com.